supported births in birth centers in Seattle, and I had just loved what birth centers can offer. It's a nice in-between experience of what a hospital can be and what a home can be. It's a home-like environment that seeks to allow people the same liberties that they would in a home setting without having to be in their home. Today we are speaking with Myla Flores, a donor-certified birth doula. Maya has witnessed a rainbow of experiences in supporting women of various cultures, circumstances, and birth outcomes. Maya is also a LaVaz-certified childbirth educator and a certified lactation counselor through Healthy Children's Center. We talk more about her passion project, opening up a birthing center in the Bronx. Myla, welcome to the show. Hi, Annette. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I like to start off um, with just a little background information, a couple of quick questions. Um, What career did you want to do when you were in grade school, high school and college? Wow. Yeah, I actually always was a caring individual and I wanted to be a nurse. My name, as I understood from a from a really early a really early, um, one of those, my name. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. I learned that my name meant compassionate mother or nurse. And oh. I knew I would one day nice. be a mother. Um, but in terms of a nurse, I was like, ah, yes, that seems right. And so I kind of lived my life really compassionately. And my mother was a, um, an RN. She was a float pool nurse and a charge nurse. And she just knew everything about the whole hospital. She could be on any floor on any day. And, um, um, I would sometimes after school, um, go visit where she was and things were different back then, but I would sometimes hang out with my mom at, the hospital she worked at. And, um, it seemed like a really lovely, appreciated job. And I was a Filipino, um, child uh, being, you know, kind of nudged into that career. Um, but the more I, the more I explored it, I actually started off uh, in nursing school and, um, was excelling nicely. And, uh, I just, simultaneously had a lot of gut feelings about that not being something I wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was also a a registered nurse assistant and working at an adult family home. And I was like, oh, it feels really good to be in this role, but it seems like something I would not want to do for the long term. It would be something that I know I'd have like an early career change. So my career changed at that time. I was um, also a part of a community group theater whose mission was to actively have dialogues about racism in America. And all of the work was very provoking and it created a young little activist um, in me. And it was very great to be in a community at that age. Um, and basically what I found I wanted to do was something pretty purposeful in that direction. Mm-hmm. And so I started to study, um, theater and psychology, um, and went to Rutgers university and majored in both. And, um, I wanted to do drama therapy because I found that, you know, people who have access to their emotions and can express themselves and speak to the things that are, um, most challenging in their world, whether it be like communicating with their parents, their teachers, I had this idea of like how I wanted to engage with young people. And I wanted to work with middle school aged kids 
kids and and I did and I was working a lot with yeah um so that was like a simultaneous path that I had while um stumbling upon a soul sister who was also a home birth midwife. And, you know, she asked me, Oh, you still have your nurse's assistant credential? Well, why don't you come assist me in the home birth setting? And I was like, Whoa, um, hmm. <laughs> she said, Don't you worry, I know everything I need to know. I just need you to chart a couple things and just be your, your loving, caring self. And I was like, All right, so I think I could do that. And I showed up and it just, just swallowed me. (laughs) (laughs) What, but what about it when she first said it gave you pause? Like, what did you know about home birth before then to make you go, "Mm, I'm not sure if you'd want to, I'd want to do that. I guess there was this aspect of like considering, well, first of all, I supported my nephew's birth when I was 12 years old. My sister was a teen mom and I shared a bedroom with her and she wasn't with the guy who um, impregnated her. And basically I was her doula (laughs) um, with a midwife group um, at a hospital that my mom works at. (laughs) And, um, you know, basically it was, it was a very beautiful experience. And by the way, I was so intrigued about that placenta. I, I put the gloves on, I was examining the placenta. I was like, well, I can't believe this organ. Yes. That was the little seed that I yes. had no idea was just germinating mm-hmm. all that time. Because, um, when I then, um, was offered to do this, I was actually excited, but it was the gravity of just knowing that, wow, that's a lot of responsibility and to assist you in something that's so like, you know, um, important and powerful. Like I, I want to be able to do that well, and I don't know what I'm doing right now. It's just that kind of, you know, level of, it wasn't that I feared home birth. It was more just knowing how important that role is. And, um, and then she really comforted me with, you know, um, you can learn the, the more important stuff later for now, just show up. And, and, and that's, that's what I did. And it was very, very, very beautiful. And it was just that, that, I mean, we know because we've supported a lot of birth. (laughs) Yeah. And when someone's just like in their element and not being disturbed or, you know, there was just long ends of time where she would just check the baby and then just leave us and, you know, let the mom do whatever she was doing. And she'd do something real simple, like touch on her back in a certain way. And I was just like, reach over and touch on her back in the same way she was touching her own. And she would just like nod. And I was like, Oh, this is really like, this is easy. You just mm-hmm. really just see what what's needed and, and see how you can being support. present. Yes, yes. totally. Yeah. So. And so through that is what then brought you into doula work. Mm hmm. I tried to keep my simultaneous um, career path, um, which I was doing actively, and I ended up getting my degree um, in in theater and psychology. And um, it was the year that I was in um, London um, studying at Shakespeare's Globe and also teaching some elementary age kids um, theater-related stuff, um, Shakespeare, actually. (laughs) But... um, It was during that time when 
a friend of mine, a couple midwives were simultaneously in Uganda opening a birth center there with what's now known as Mother Health International. But at the time, it was a different name. But nonetheless, I was, um, you know, just across the water, mm-hmm. <laughs> not the water, but the the Mediterranean Sea. Anyway, um, it was <laughs> it was simultaneous, and um, um, they asked me to come join them in their efforts when I was done. And so when that summer arrived, I I went down to Uganda and I was um, working alongside some traditional birth attendants mm-hmm. and you know midwives and just kind of being at the foot of more birth, being at the feet <laughs> of just natural beautiful birth and um so when I returned to New York at that point even though I finished my other degree I just knew that birth was my calling and I had to listen to it and um pretty immediately I I started supporting as a birth doula and then um got several births under my belt before I was like, Oh, let me get trained and certified with Dona. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's the kind of order it went for me. Oh, that's and, fascinating. That, yeah. I mean, yeah. I. Um, so when you were in Uganda uh-huh. and just seeing the births that were happening there and it also sounds like too that in the birth that you did assist with your friend that it was very much similar in the sense that you were just observing and it was everyone there was just like hands off and letting women just do what they needed to do in that process. Yes. Yeah. And um, the site was a beautiful site that um, had this community space in the center. And um, like I, you think of it like a flower petal, uh, like a like a flower. Yes. I mean, and like with petals all around and the birth rooms were like the petals. And then there was this big dome in the center where people would labor together. And there was hammocks and um, candles because, you know, sometimes the generator wouldn't um yeah work. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, it was just like, you know, whatever you were doing, I mean, I remember seeing someone during every surge, she, um, and surge is another word we use for contraction sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, but during every surge, she would like, um, do this running motion, just running. (laughs) And then like, she would finish and like calm down and like, you know, it's just like so unique the way that people were just like, um, free to explore how they, um, labor. And, um, I remember, um, breach deliveries and, um, twin deliveries and, you know, um, um, I just remember that aspect of like just hands on care and us learning how to be really hands on in terms of just like, you know, touching and connecting with the birthing person, the baby inside, and just having that element of like, you know, understanding physically what's going on and being creative in terms of like, what if there's positional stuff that we can um, help facilitate to have uh, a a better passageway. Mm -hmm. And so like, Later on, when I actually started to study <laughs> spinning babies, I was like, oh, I kind of know this stuff. This, I didn't mm-hmm. know what I knew because a lot of it was on intuition of what I had yes. gained through mm-hmm. time. But then I started to understand, like, why my instinct was to have someone, you know, put their leg up on a chair or why yeah. my instinct was to 
to put their butt in the air. You know, Mm -hmm. it was just like just understanding the anatomy of the Mm -hmm. pelvis and all of the ligaments and all of those details around that zone that just are exciting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, that's an amazing foundation to get before becoming a doula, because as you know, you know, being a doula in the city, getting those first couple of births can be pretty challenging if you don't have a connection in some way, but also to experience seeing birth in that setting versus going into our hospitals and what we what we see in the hospitals. How much of that did you bring into your work in the hospitals? You're you're right. I totally feel blessed that that was my foundation. And um, I remember another doula friend of mine when we were both hitting our 100th birth around that time. And um, we were talking about a birth. um, And we were just like in story mode of a certain birth. And she was like, huh. I wonder if she needed a little Pitocin. And I was like, huh, well, I was just thinking she needed to um, do some lunging, you know? And so it was just like the instincts of like what your brain thinks of first when your Mm -hmm. foundation is in other places. And she's a lovely doula. I love her. She's wonderful. And it's, it's just this element of like, I felt very privileged to have seen a lot of things that worked um, physically without having to, um, go towards these other wonderful methods of um, intervention when they're helpful, but just having a more um, creative foundation of, um, of really exploring how can we keep this less disturbed? Yes. And I, I feel that, you know, I would, would love for all birth doulas to get their foundation in home births. You know, we don't have that many home births that, mm-hmm. that they get to attend with having that experience first and then coming in because there was definitely a lot I learned from home births more than I learned from hospitals and just integrating that even before going to the hospital just at home to be able to be like oh contraction spaced out so what is that telling me now as opposed to the first in the hospital contraction space out let's go to Pitocin we know that home births but then our uterus is telling us something we need to eat we need to rest. We need to do something different. Like we get to see that more as opposed to in the hospital where we're like, they're going to come in and do this next thing. So these are your options. But yeah, that that sounds really great and fascinating that you had that experience and were able to bring that to your work here, which, you know, for the most part, in doula work and having seen those two vastly different experiences and then bringing that in, like, what is your, what is your favorite thing about being a doula? What is your favorite part? Mm, Wow. It's hard to pick just one. Yeah, I know. Okay. I will say, okay. Or or three (laughs) or three favorite things. Okay. Um, the first thing that I can think about, which really excites me, um, when I think about it is witnessing parents become parents and yes, they're already parenting, um, in the womb and they're, you know, 
talking to their baby and doing things that are really establishing that connection. And it's really a beautiful thing. And that's something I often encourage is just like establish that connection. And sometimes you see people um, really being tested on their, their mm-hmm. parenting, even in the womb of just like hmm, this decision that we're making of switching providers and this decision that we're making of um, moving homes and this decision that we're making about, um, you know, because our baby is in breach position, like what we should do next, if we should do anything or what kind of things to try. And you can just bear witness to this like blossoming process. And then the moments that the baby comes out and is on their belly and just that, that really spectacular moment of a, of, of a birth and birthing of fatherhood birthing of motherhood or whatever they identify with and you know this 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 baby you know just unifying this you know this energy around a family that's just so glorious and I remember you know just just you know having many moments of tearful moments or just like oh look at them and let me just snap this picture real (laughs) quick and (laughs) it's just beautiful (laughs) Yeah, that sounds lovely. And I agree. It's those moments that they are, they don't realize that the choices and the decisions that they're making prior to our parenting decisions, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's hard for a lot of them to make that connection to yes, because the baby, right? This is these are why we're also parenting. They also they often think, oh, as soon as the baby is born, that's when parenting begins. But it's not. It's in those moments where they make those decisions, and where they feel supported in making those decisions, like also with a doula, right? Just supporting that helps them to be, be aware, like you're saying, take that moment. Because a lot of times we know that in those moments, they're like, okay, the nurse is like, I need to do and everyone's everyone else's hands and where they had to kind of be like this, let this be uninterrupted, this moment. Yeah. Yes. And that is so such our role Mm -hmm. at at different times in in the work is just how do we really preserve what wants to happen right now? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, I've just thought about you know, our, this makes me think about how there's been instances where I'm sure you've experienced too, where it's like, okay, they're breastfeeding. They have this family unit thing going on. I'm going to stand outside the door or just kind of like in this area. That's just going to keep people from walking in right now because they want, or, you know, they didn't say it necessarily, but they deserve some, some private family time that's going to be uninterrupted right now. Mm -hmm. So how can we facilitate that? Yeah, that that is a special moment. Yeah, and I agree. Just taking those times or answering the questions when the nurse asks or someone else asks for them that we can answer for them. So that's such a great moment. Um, yeah. Oh, but I wanted to say about that foundation thing, a foundation in, in more undisturbed versions of birth, like, you know, having a home birth foundation would just be awesome. Yes. Um, and like in some of the mentorships that um, I've engaged with, um, there's been, you know, instances where I've witnessed um, their first birth. And sometimes it's, you know, just from listening and sometimes it's actually being together. And and then I think about those. um, um, I think about the way they talk about it afterwards Mm -hmm. and like when it is, say, you know, 
a birth in a hospital with a midwife who was very supportive. And maybe we had to advocate for a couple things to keep it natural. And it was natural. And she's like, wow, I didn't know birth could be that beautiful. And, you know, wow. And then, you know, someone else who might be like, oh, you know, maybe it was um, someone who had an epidural and, you know, things slowed down. So they needed other things. And maybe the personality of the nurse was a little more harsh and, you know, and that doula's process afterwards like wow Myla I didn't know that you know it, it would it would be that you know hard and yes. you know we would have to do that much advocacy and you know I didn't know how much energy we'd have to be like um, you know juggling when it comes to to navigating um, the hospital environment and yeah. Like, yeah it's 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 vastly different and mind mm-hmm. you you know birth is beautiful in all settings it's just this element of like what we're exposed to. And I really think that there's, um, you know, um, something really, um, I really think that there's something very divine about the kind of birth experiences people are choosing to have and creating for themselves and their babies, even if it was, you know, an unplanned cesarean, um, whatever it is, there's something really purposeful about what their family may need or benefit from um, in their initial foundations and same thing for doulas I feel like there's something really important about the way that they've been exposed that's going to help um, shape and inform the way that they blossom in into the birth field yes it's it, I think that is that's so true all of those aspects and especially you know I when I started I remember I contacted Dona for a mentor and they had like one in the entire country. And I was like, what? Wait, one mentor? One, one, one person of color mentor or one no, whole what, freaking One mentor? whole freaking mentor. Yeah, I, and I was like, okay, so how how are you supposed to do this, right? Because you take the training and then you're just like, well, how do you figure this out? And and luckily I went into a doula partnership and then found community. And like you said, mentoring is extremely important. And I'm glad that it's something that's more readily available now than when I first started, because I think we underestimate the ways, especially in this work, we're not thinking about mentorship. We're just thinking about doing the work and helping people, but also we need to process as doulas as well. And, Uh, you know, telling those stories. I love telling those stories because you're not only telling a story, but you're also realizing what you need to help get you through that moment or someone else can help you process it in a way that you never thought about. So Uh yeah, mentorship is really, really important. And I I encourage every doula to to find a mentor where they can, because I I mean, it's like you said, helping them to reframe it and think about it in a way that can bring them a different understanding, but it is a lot of work. It is. A yes. lot. Oh, yes, we know we've been yes. mentoring people <laughs> yes. for years and yeah. together. Yes. Yeah, it's just awesome to um, think about the the blessing that they have in in having community around them yes. as well as a mentor. And so like even if people can't find a mentor on a certain, you know, year for whatever reason, just connecting with other birth workers yes. um, just so that they could have that moment of um, like 
processing and and having uh, the opportunity to care for themselves in the work because we all know this work can be very 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 taxing physically, yes. Physically, yes. physically taxing emotionally mm-hmm. mentally and the things that we witness and see and not having it in context like you know I remember the first time I saw fundal pressure for delivery I mm. was I Woo. was shocked to see that someone could press on a woman's belly that hard with their entire body while she's delivering just was and I needed a moment afterwards. Like I remember on the way home, just sitting and just thinking about what I saw and the mother, you know, it wasn't, it's not explained to her in that moment. They just do it. And then when, when she cried out, they were, they're were like, Oh, this is what we have to do. But it was like, there was no consent prior to for her to understand. Now, all of a sudden she just has someone's full body weight on her belly. Um, while she's pushing. So that just to understand like what, how I could help someone the next time around before that moment of, of educating them of that's a potential thing that could happen. Because I thought that for me, I know after when I spoke with the client, I let her explain her um, story to me and what she felt and everything. Exactly. And uh, her experience. And it was extremely traumatic for her. Um, to not have had that conversation about that. So yeah, the, the next time around, I was just definitely more informed in a way and educated people in a way that wasn't scary. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, to, to know a little bit before or, but luckily I hadn't seen it after that time for a really yeah. long time. But yeah, I, I want to also just point out the contrast of mm-hmm. um, a fundal pressure experience that I witnessed at home. Um, And the midwives um, basically, you know, during pushing stage had that moment and they were like, okay, um, this is going to change a bit. And um, and she asked the other midwife, she said, I want you to sit right there. You remember? And she was like, "Okay." so and they basically talked her through a moment and um, the it was a momentary need for consent. And the birthing person was like, "Okay." Okay, and you could see in her eyes, she was like, game, let's yes. do this, right? We, we're in this yes. together. Yes. yes. And then and then it began and it was powerful. We've I mean it's a it was very intense, like we know fundal pressure to be, but this mom was totally on board and you know, the birth was like moments after and when I checked in with her about that experience, um, she was like, Yeah, it got really intense there, but you know, she like her her experience of it was positive and she was like it was so great to know that they knew what they were doing and everything was great so I was like ah yeah I had to do processing after the birth and she did because she was feeling (laughs) a-okay yes yes (laughs) yeah so among your many passions of being a doula and all of the things you do with your childbirth education your lactation counseling you are also in the process of helping to open a birthing center Hmm. called the birthing place in the Bronx. Tell us about that. Uh, I'm just very excited about being in a position where we have the opportunity to do this right now. Um, When I returned from Uganda, I remember 
looking at how can a birthing center exist in New York? And upon research, I was like, oh my gosh, there's just too many obstacles. And this whole um, concept of having to be under the thumb of an MD in order to support um, the natural birthing process feels, um, you know, unfortunate. And it's, it's just too big of a mountain to climb. So I let it be, but I always, I always knew the beauty of birth centers and I had supported births at birth centers um, in my home state in, in Seattle. I mean, I supported births in birth centers in Seattle and I had just loved what birth centers can offer. It's a nice in between experience of, um, what a hospital can be and what a home can be. It's a home-like environment, um, that seeks to allow people the same liberties that they would in a home setting without having to be in their home. But yeah, um, a birthing center, some may know and some may not, but it's a nice in-between option available when someone doesn't necessarily want to birth in the hospital and doesn't necessarily want to birth at home, but it offers the same liberties that one would have in the home setting in terms of freedom of movement, um, your baby being checked on um, through uh, via a Doppler so they could still keep all the normal assessments of how you're doing um, clinically and how your baby is doing and, you know, from blood pressure to, you know, baby's heart tones and, you know, temperature, anything that that is being recorded, but in a setting that's just similar to home, essentially. Home, yes. yeah. Allowing and so, them to eat and drink more, to yeah. get into the tub, into showers, yeah. almost all of the the, the same things that you would have in your home to help you instead of having a birth tub at home, you're, you're in a birthing center that has a tub available and they allow you to eat and drink the entire time as long as you feel up to eating and drinking. Yes. And, and you can have the support people that you want yes. to have. And, you know, that's also a unique thing is who people choose to have with them at their birth. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't have to be limited to one or two individuals. Maybe, maybe they have three of their closest sister friends, yes. or maybe they are considering, you know, having their grandfather, the grandfather mm-hmm. of the baby, I mean, um, mm-hmm. present. And, you know, that there's like a family space for the for the for a family member who's not like you know in the birthing room where they can be until you know the birth happens and I I really love a birth center story where um you know the the birthing person she she said her dad could come in and he was like oh no yeah that we don't really do that when he was invited and then it was like okay we respect that cool and then he slips in a little later during pushing stage and he just sits in a chair and looks out the window the entire time while pushing remains to happen for a while longer mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um you know when the baby emerges he's just still looking out the window and just weeping <laughs> And yeah, that beauty of like having, having that unique experience where this grandfather can connect with that grandbaby in that moment, in in that way that it's really just the imprint of relationships that happen through the time of birth is, is really powerful. And, Mm -hmm. you know, 
I feel that with my nephew too. I was there when I I was waiting for him. Yeah. And just like that level. And I'm close with all my nieces and nephews, but there's something special about just that memory of like being there. There's something, you know, so the point that I'm making is that you can choose the people who you want to have with you. And, Mm -hmm. and that's, some of what makes a birth center special and thankfully we're in communication with north central bronx hospital and we love the midwives there as many in the birth field may know they've been such a welcoming uh location when it comes to home birth transfers they don't kind of you don't walk in with this feeling of defense like yes oh we made this bad choice of home birth and now here we are for your help. Sorry for that decision. And please don't treat us badly. Yeah. It's not like that I, at all. Okay. <laughs> it's like, come in, we've been waiting for you. Your midwife called us. We have a bed ready and they're just so welcoming and awesome. And so it's, it's great to be in communication with them about an official transfer relationship and, mm-hmm. The actual building is freaking amazing. Okay, I'm going to chill out. Okay. (laughs) But the actual building is um, great. It's actually in Riverdale. So that's the northeast section Mm -hmm. of the Bronx. And uh, in a neighborhood that is more wealthy or affluent than other parts of the Bronx. And some people in either neighborhood might see some distinguishing... uh, um, I want to say an imaginary line, but it's this basically an distinguishing line of like, okay, this is Riverdale and this is the Bronx and it's not the same, but a lot of Bronx, a lot of Riverdale folks I know um, consider themselves part of the Bronx and a lot of Riverdale folks I know consider them Riverdale. The point is it's, um, it's, there's a history behind that too, which is, um, which I won't get into the depth of, but ultimately what we want in being a community of birth workers, of women of color and people of color, um, we're very excited to serve the Bronx community and our midwives speak Spanish and um, Cantonese and Mandarin and Arabic and of course English. And, you know, we're, we're basically right now, our crew is um, focusing on how we can maintain our primary focus of being a center that centers black and brown people because of the disparities that we're so well aware of when it comes to particularly black people birthing in New York. You hear the statistics of like four times more and that's statistics throughout the United States. But in New York, our black people are way more at risk than the rest of the state, the the United States. So the point is, um, Bronx, um, we we aim to make sure that the Bronx has access to quality midwifery care. And one of the things we're working into our budget is um, 
mobile care. And so we've conceptualized Mm this um, van with two exam rooms being in like the South Bronx on one day and another part of the Bronx on a different day and that they stay consistent in these locations on a weekly basis so that we can make sure that people are seen close, closer to their home and come to the birth center um, the birthing place for education if they wish to take um, our classes there and of course for the actual birth thankfully uh, the center is right off of a bus line and a train line so okay. um, it's only a few minute walk away like eight eight or so minutes of a walk away it's it's right next to a park and um, it's going to be a few floors with a rooftop garden and um, made with all um, green materials and okay. I shouldn't say with all green materials basically Mostly. we're working we're working with my life my planet oh, which okay. they specialize in creating spaces that are eco-friendly Yes. Apple there you friend. go. Yeah. 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 There you oh, go. Oh, that's that's great that they're 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 part of that project too. And an outdoor space, it's mm-hmm. amazing in a in yeah. a building, especially if, if you're going to have a birthing center, that can be very helpful. So they'll have midwives at the birthing center, mm-hmm. and where they're going to be seen for their their care, even well woman care prior to getting pregnant and then well woman care after um and there'll be doulas on staff or the people will find their own doulas like what what other services besides the midwifery and and the education will be provided so we're gonna the birthing place is a center for health wellness and family Mm -hmm. so one of the things that um is a big discussion with uh a main partner midwife Nubia Earth Martin you may know of her work Mm -hmm. birth from the earth Um, we were talking about how when we begin to um, transition out of this state that we're currently in that there may be uh, a requirement for healing right Mm -hmm. and getting together in healthy space for what might be some pre-existing trauma of, of what has happened during this window of time of like less connect in COVID times, people also had to birth by themselves in some yes. instances mm-hmm. and, or with just their partner and their doula was virtually there. And just like those different pieces of what mm-hmm. they had to manage and to be able to get together in community space um, centered around the idea of, of healing and yes. connecting again. Um, so that's the, definitely a, a transition that's going to be a part of the mix. But we're going to offer education um, with classes that range from childbirth education to birthing at the birth center. But our childbirth education is also going to be geared towards people who want to birth in the hospital setting. Okay. It's um, um, going to be a range of classes that include, you know, feeding your baby, caring for your newborn. And um, even I have someone developing a really great curriculum right now about fertility. And when I hear about that curriculum, I get so excited because oh, that's wonderful. It's- so in depth, like mind, body, and spirit of preparing for your fertility journey. And, um, 
so a range of education classes um and then a wellness center which we will have specialty providers acupuncturists chiropractors massage therapists who are very specialized in the pregnancy arena yeah Mm -hmm. and so that's really important to us as well um, so that we can create this holistic care Mm -hmm. where people can have access to related services that they may need in in one setting um and mental health counseling is another one that we want to make sure that we're paying attention to with our clients and we believe that there's like ultimately this this whole experience i think a problem with what is wrong with our medical system today is everything is so compartmentalized yes. and there are profits around when something's wrong that's mm-hmm. when you can charge for something yeah. as opposed to the preventative care that can occur when you just give space to um connect and socially support each other mm-hmm. as parents when you know maybe a facilitator is there not even really teaching anything but giving the parents an opportunity to be and exist in their space and and that's something that supports this mental health aspect of preparing for pregnancy and also after you've had a baby um, just like being able to connect with others and so we really want to to care for the whole experience um and of course with birth we're going to have a group of midwives um and birth assistants and people can hire their own doulas or they can go off of our referrals. Um, um, We definitely feel really connected with our community, thankfully, Mm -hmm. and we'll be able to um, direct people if, if they're seeking. But as of now, we don't have a a doula programs particularly defined because there's so many other pieces to juggle when it comes to moving this work forward right now. So speaking of those pieces that we need to juggle to like move this work forward, how can we support this birthing center? What can we do? What actionable steps are available for us? Thank you for asking that. Yeah. Well, right now, one of the things, and I, and I plan to like make a post on it on IG. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, at birthing place BX is, Mm -hmm. is our handle. And, um, yeah, I was planning on making a post about getting more people with uh, their legislators during this session of um, just basically informing of the need for more birth centers. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to create hopefully a script that they can utilize and adapt. But I think basically getting your senators to be on board with the birth center bill, I'll give you the numbers to that bill afterwards Wonderful. in case. Yeah. And even if it doesn't happen this time around, they'll be hearing lots about this between now and next year. I know our government has to manage a lot of things right now with the pandemic and police brutality. And, you know, there's a lot of focuses right now. And, you know, one of the focuses I would like to, you know, stay in the mix is, is the, the birthing options. Um, you know, maternal health, uh, is also, um, 
a part of this, yes. this big picture. It is a big, because currently there are only two birthing centers in New York and one just recently opened. There's the Brooklyn Birthing Center and mm-hmm. then there is the Jazz Birthing Center that's opened up in Manhattan on Fifth Avenue. So there are no options currently to have one in the Bronx. So having one in the Bronx would be ideal. So we can support by contacting our legislatures and asking them for this option. How else can we support? Is there a GoFundMe we can donate to? Yeah, actually, we're going to start our fund, our, our, we're going to start our crowdfunding campaign very okay. soon in the next couple of weeks. And um, right now we do have a um, PayPal me account um, mm-hmm. where we have a great architecture architect. <laughs> we have a great <laughs> architect on board and um, we've, we've agreed to what general contractor will be working with and uh, designers everything is like um ready um but we do need funding for the renovation and so that's what we're gonna um create uh, a gofundme for um i want to highlight um yes. three of the organizations that we're working with okay and that's what i pulled up earlier uh, okay um Yeah. Our three partnering organizations are Birth from the Earth, you know um, her personally, but Nubia Martin is a wonderful midwife and she was with me when this first sprouted. She's a partner and, you know, has been related to everything going on. And basically, um, she does a lot when it comes to creating access to home birth um, and, you know, eventually we'll be working on helping people get access to birthing center births, depending on um, how swift we move in getting all as many insurances on board with what we're up to. Wonderful. And um, yeah, so another one is Saber Rose Foundation. Bruce McIntyre, um, who unfortunately lost his partner, Amber, due to um, unfortunate events um, at a hospital in the Bronx and basically um, has been really like empowered, I'd say, to help make the he has been, he has shifted into a really active role in improving birth in New York. And one of the things that he's truly excited about is this birth center and that he's on different platforms that can lift the ability to um, create this for the Bronx. And that's um, great. Yeah. So um, supporting Save a Rose Foundation is supporting us. Same with Birth from the Earth. And then finally, My Life, My Planet. Um, they basically work on any projects that have to do with um, improving the planet. And they said, wow, this is definitely improving the planet because mm-hmm. you may know the saying, peace on earth begins with birth. Birth, yes. Yeah. And so they they're they know all about green design. And so this is the organization that we're going to do our kickoff um, fundraising when it comes to specifically the renovation. Um, and and so that will be happening in the next couple of weeks. And hopefully um, people will um, be 
um, sharing and giving. And one thing I'm particularly seeking right now is hopefully um, we can find a couple or a few very wealthy um, contributors who wouldn't mind being matchers. Um, if you know what a matcher is, it's basically yes. someone who matches what the community gives. And so sometimes that really encourages and inspires and activates more community members to, to give and share in larger amounts because they know someone else is back there matching their contribution. So um, we hope to find a couple matchers in case that becomes available. But yeah, so we just yes. we just want people to stay in touch with the process to mm -hmm. help amplify the work and um, share with your friends, yeah. share with your leaders. Really, when it comes down to it, we love the thought of us bringing forth this birth center. Mm -hmm. We can seek for investments in other places and support from our government. And we'll also do that. But just like the idea of, of our New Yorkers saying, we want this and we can help create this to happen. So if you can energize it um, in any way, uh, we appreciate it. Definitely. So at the, at the time of releasing this should be a few weeks and we'll have the information for the GoFundMe and how people oh, yeah. can support. And we'll also include all of the links to where people can um, support the other organizations that are supporting you as well. Cause that's really, really important. So thank you so much for sharing that. Now we go on to my segment that I like to call daily inspiration. Like I love a quote. Um, and I always like daily post one or read one to help keep me inspired. But before we start with that, the first question is definitely what's your favorite scent? Uh, uh, there's so many good ones. I'm yeah. going to go with lavender. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people like lavender. Um, yet what I love about mentioning lavender right now is there's so many kinds of lavender, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. There's just different experiences of lavender, but it's definitely one of my go-tos. Okay, perfect. And then what's a book, film, show, or podcast that's inspiring you right now? Well, I'll say the, the book that I've most been touching right now okay. is, um, it's kind of obvious. But, uh, okay. The book that I'm mostly been reading right now, um, is freestanding birth centers. It's basically a study, um, on so many birth centers with a lot combined about birth centers throughout the United States as well as internationally. And so just like trying to gain as much inspiration as mm -hmm. I can from, you know, the American Association of Birth Centers and what they're offering and their resources and um, connections and classes, but also this, this book, anything that can fill me about making a better birth center. Okay, wonderful. Is there a quote that inspires you or that you think of daily that you'd like to share? You know, I mentioned it already. That's how much I think about it. But yes, peace on earth begins with birth. That That is so true. That is definitely. I remember the first time I saw that quote is shortly after I became a doula. And there was like, it was an image of, of the Birth. It was no the earth, and then like it goes with a globe, and someone holding a baby right in front of it. Do you have it? 
Oh no, I was just oh, going to okay. go for my t-shirt in case okay. it was right here, but yeah, oh. that, yeah, yeah. I feel you. I feel you. And you know, when we just think about that concept and break it down a bit, this concept of just imagining like, um, this family being supported during so sacred and this little being being brought into the world at a time where their family is supported and those different like, um, imprints that are in each of those individuals. I do believe, you know, we're creating like, peace on earth by having like citizens who are like sprouting from this foundation of of love and support I think um on a mass scale it makes a big difference and I think it's important that we all prioritize how birthing people are supported and treated and how how birth can be for families by creating more birth options for them that is, I agree. We definitely need more birth options. So that, that is the one thing that I often say. It's about choice. And we need to make sure that we have those choices available for, for however people want to choose. You exactly. Know, no judgment around the, the births that you choose or where you give birth, but you should have the choice. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for being a part of, of my podcast today. But tell, let everybody know where they can find you. Sure. Um, Thanks for having me, Annette. It's such a pleasure. It's so lovely connecting with you anytime that has anytime that happens. Um, On Instagram and Twitter, it's Birthing Place BX, and on Facebook, it's Riverdale Birthing Place. And um, yeah, the website is thebirthingplace.co. Mm-hmm. And that is still under construction right now, but it has a nice landing page where you can sign up for a newsletter and stay connected. Um, in in our IG page, there's a link tree which has a lot of different things you can do, um, okay. ways you can support, even just like our work here in New York, as well as intern. Um, excuse me, as well as across the nation. Did you know there are over 350 birth centers across the nation and only nine of them are owned and led by people of color? I did not know that. That is fascinating. I didn't realize there were that many, 350. Yeah. Wow. And only plus, and there's only nine led by people of color. So the Birth Center Equity Fund is working to um, change that, basically. And so by supporting the Birth Center Equity Fund, you're basically supporting, they have the list of the, the established birth centers, as well as a list of any birth center that's developing, that's owned and led, or led by women of color, people of color. And um, they're a great, great organization. Um led by Leslie Welch, who is just like a force. She's an MPH who like, when you hear her speak, there's so much like love and power and intelligence, and you get very inspired by the work. And when you think of the undertaking of really helping to, Mm -hmm. to generate more birthing centers owned and led by people of color, like how powerful that is, just the thought of 
the, the kind of care we receive sometimes that we feel like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if this provider yes. reflected me just a bit more, even mm -hmm. if we're not the exact same culture, just that yes. that feeling of like maybe looking like my cousin or something, yes. you know, exactly um, that that makes a difference for how people are um how people are cared for, how their, their perception of the experience is. And so just to avoid getting into all that, I'm sure you get the idea, but she's, yeah. she's up to that. And on our IG page, on our link tree, that is, I mean, um, there's several action steps that, um, can happen, including, um, how to engage with your, um, senators on, okay. um, this, these matters and passing the bill we talked about. There's just different yes, okay. resources yes. that you can follow. We'll definitely include all of those in the show notes too. So this last, the last segment that I'd like to talk about is birth stories. Okay. And if you would be willing to share your birth. My birth. Yes. Mm, yes. It's funny because I had one of those um, memories that have existed since the beginning of time. It's more of a spiritual memory. Mm -hmm. But I do have this recollection before I could even speak of... Um, coming here okay <laughs> yeah and anyway that's just a sidebar but like in terms of my actual birth um my mother um her water broke um it was just a, a a high leak she was trickling and she was like oh maybe that's just you know some discharge mm -hmm. and so she let it be and then she noticed that it would keep happening and she was like hmm, I think I might have a high leak I don't know let mm -hmm. me just stay home because this is my fourth baby and I'm uh, not trying to like you know get go to too, early. too early and so she just mm -hmm. waited way long and um after 24 hours hit she was like okay I should probably go to the hospital and so um she went to the hospital and was having contractions and I'm not sure much detail about whether she received Pitocin or what happened exactly but eventually I was born vaginally and um um, I had to stay in the NICU for some reason. Um, and she told me about how hard it was after the birth, just having that element of not being able to be as yeah. affectionate as she would like to hold me and just seeing me in a little case. And like, you know, just that idea of just not it not being the way she wanted. Wow. And I remember her processing that with me a bit, but you know, we're so affectionate, me and my mom. It's like, I don't know if that came like, out of that yeah case. out of that or I just have this really affectionate like foundation so um yeah I think I definitely think she made up for it yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's beautiful I didn't know you were the fourth child mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that's wonderful thank you so much for sharing that story with me and nice. also for being on my podcast today. I really appreciate it. I love talking with you and hearing. I'm really excited for this birthing center and hoping we get some more momentum and get more people involved as much as we possibly can. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Annette. And thank you for all the work that you're doing. And I appreciate how much you're willing to, to elevate and amplify this work. So thank you. Thank you so much. 
Gracias. Thanks for listening to the Clear Birth Podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find me on Instagram at the Clear Birth Podcast. If you want to send me an email, you can reach me at the Clear Birth Podcast at gmail.com. Adios. Hasta luego. Goodbye. Until next time.